Welcome back to American Graffiti, one song at a time. In today's clip, we are covering Kurt leaving and starting his life outside of his hometown. And we also feature the song Good Night, Sweetheart, Good Night by The Spaniels. And with me today are my two co-hosts. You can't escape us! (laughs) (laughs) No, we're always here. This is so weird to do all three of us again after so long of of being on our own. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Poe Dameron gif, like, who talks now? Do I talk? Do you talk? <laughs> you talk first? I talk first. <laughs> <laughs> so, hi. Yeah. We're your DJs today. So, um, Tierney. That's me. <laughs> I'm Tierney Steele. Uh, if you've been listening to the whole podcast, you just heard a whole week of me. But guess what? There is no escape. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, hi, Doris. It's been a while hey. since we got to talk. <laughs> it's been a whole movie. It has? <laughs> yes. Rachel, what did you think of uh, this this goodbye here? Like, we're, we're closing out the movie but we're really just sending someone off on a new adventure. Yeah. The first thing that kind of hit me seeing Kurt's parents and family and friends was, especially his parents, it immediately reminded me of Happy Days. I mean, the mom <laughs> with the hair and everything. I first was like, that Marion Ross. And then, you know, his dad, I was like, oh, I'm getting Happy Days vibes here. I mean, doesn't help that we have Richie Cunningham in there as well. Standing right there with Cindy Williams. (laughs) Yeah, I I get Kurt's parents, Lori's parents. Those are Steve's parents, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I do love the mom's hug. I know. The the not Marion Ross mom. She does yeah. a great sending your kid off to college hug and her little face. It's so yeah. sweet. Whose parents are they, by the way? Because the actors are not credited at all. No. I, I have nothing. Like, no one talks about this, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they are someone's real parents. Oh, my God. That's why the that goodbye is so, is so real, because <laughs> they're somebody's parents. <laughs> Uh, one thing that's not real is that Steve will be at college next year. That's true. I did catch up. I'm like, um, you're not going to yeah. be there next year. No. Like 100%. Even he knows that's a lot. Like he's like, oh yeah, sure, of course. And I'm like, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. That, that is not the vibe. I mean, maybe, maybe it is still the plan, but you know, plans have a tendency to go haywire anyway. Oh, definitely. I mean, probably he. At, at this point in time, he's planning, I'm, I'm going to take Laurie. We're going to the same university. and Yeah. Like when she graduates. You know, I never thought of that. Why, why can't they go to the same college like in California? Yeah. It's only one year or so. And, and not that Laurie couldn't get yeah, into she, the college She is a east, junior, but, right? Mm, yeah. She's going to be a senior. So it's only one year to wait. I can't picture Lori, like, deciding to cross the country to go to school. Although, I just uh, recently read Michelle Obama's Becoming, and she followed her brother halfway across the country from Chicago to Princeton. Mm-hmm. So, there, there's, you know, that, that can happen, but I don't know. I think I'm biased knowing that's not what happens. And I do have to say, I like watching um, Kurt and Lori say goodbye just because... You know, I was kind of focusing on the whole their siblings vibe. And I guess just from experience with like 
my siblings and seeing like friends who had siblings that were very close age-wise. It seemed very real because you go through that stage of, you know, you and your sibling are kind of, you know, butting heads, butting heads, butting heads. And then once you get hit high school and going through high school and past that, you realize like, hey, you know, they're pretty cool people. So that bond kind of becomes deeper and more meaningful. So I, I kind of felt that goodbye was a realistic one at this stage in the siblings' lives. Yeah. I can't relate, of course. I have no siblings. And mine were so. just enough age apart where I didn't go to high school at the same time as any of my siblings. So I don't know. But I knew some of my friends where they went through school, you know, a grade or two below or above each other. And at first it was very like, you know, I can't, you know, they would just not like each other. <laughs> but then you realize like, hey, you know, once you grow up, you're like, we're cool people. So <laughs> yeah. That was the weird thing with my sister of we're just far enough apart. And we had to have that realization once we were both adults where it's like, oh, we're totally different. Like we wouldn't have hung out together. We wouldn't have been fr like we still like each other. We love each other. But it was that weird like, oh, this like we're, we're only friends because we're related and going to know each other our entire <laughs> lives. And I mean, maybe Kurt, maybe Kurt also kind of um, has more of a friend friendship to his sister now because of course if she's with his best friend they're gonna hang out together yeah and um that brother sister bickering or stuff that doesn't fly anymore and also they're grown-ups yeah i love kurt's pile of books that yeah. is some amp like that is aspirational book packing for a flight yeah <laughs> yeah and his little radio yeah yeah <laughs> Which I was really confused when he gets on the plane. It's like, oh, he's listening to the radio. And I was like, oh, so he's the worst fellow passenger ever. <laughs> yeah, that, that is what caught me because I thought all this time we've only been hearing music that the characters can hear. And this is like the first song that is not a song that is set in the story. But then I, no, it is set in the story. That radio is on. It's been going the whole time. <laughs> it's a very straight like it works within the conceit of the movie but within reality that would not fly <laughs> i mean at least the, the the flight attendant would have said please could you turn it off at least until yeah. we're in the air or something i i don't know what the rules were back then but yeah it doesn't it doesn't look like there are a lot of people on this plane yet it's maybe a handful yeah, I was going to say, he's not alone. He is, he is like, not someone alone, is going to no. lean over and be like, excuse me, sir, what are you doing? <laughs> Maybe there's a guy a few rows back with, you know, glasses and a hat and a newspaper <laughs> in front of his face. I mean, I didn't really count, but I think there, I see two other people going or getting on that plane before Kurt. So at yeah, least our three passengers. So does that mean that uh, all this music throughout the whole movie was Kurt carrying that radio with him <laughs> <laughs> the entire time? <laughs> well, the, the no, other but times I like they where your heads are. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I mentioned those those people because the people that get on before Kurt have friends waving at them. Also in this row, uh, please note the red pickup is back. This red pickup, I don't know if you noticed it. It has been haunting me throughout this movie. It's just <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Not everywhere, but it, it, it like just what do you think? Surely we've seen the last of the red pickup. Nope. Here it is at the airport <laughs> saying goodbye. Only so many classic cars to stuff your movie with. <laughs> One car that was not a classic, uh, if you look at the airplane, there is a van right next to the stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is blocking the modern 1972 pickup truck that moves the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) So the stairs were, like, attached to it, and so they just put a van in front of it so you can't see. Um, But the... To to keep the uh, magic going, that really is a Magic Carpet Airlines plane. That's the real name of the airline. Yeah, that is so great. L- Lucas thought so too. He called it a wonderful surprise. <laughs> yeah, if it hadn't been there, he would have invented the name because it, it just fits so perfectly. Uh, I kind of so- wish they would have played Magic Carpet Ride as the plane was taking off. <laughs> <laughs> that would have that would have been magical. That would have been okay. So anyone else who is a Star Trek Next Generation nerd just flipped out because uh, Magic Carpet Ride is the song playing when humans first make contact with alien life in the Star Wars mythology or the Star Trek mythology. So that would have that would have really been crossing the streams. Well, we're we're not we're not quite in science fiction tori- territory yet again with George Lucas. So. No, no. <laughs> we'll have to wait for one more movie. The other note I have about this that I I did not realize until I watched the Lucas commentary and he mentioned it is that this is when we see all the main characters together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning and here at the end. So yeah. it's a nice little bookend. And I love watching John Milner's goodbye to Kurt. He has his hands in his pocket <gasps> the entire, like, he's too cool. Like, he doesn't shake hands. He's too cool. But I love that little, like, that tiny little <laughs> gentle slap. And then Kurt's, like, half-hearted punch on the arm. <laughs> yes! Yeah. Like, am I going to do this? Am I still a punk? Yes. <laughs> I keep wondering how much time has elapsed between the race and this departure. I mean, they've all cleaned up in the meantime. Mm, yeah, that's but true. I guess none of them got any sleep. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Like, went home, took a shower, got changed, but then came out. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, Terry and uh, John are full of pancakes or whatever they got for breakfast. <laughs> uh, I'll reveal it. I'm not too proud to say this online. D- did anyone else have like a lot of feelings about John Milner? In this seat, like he turns around and he is a Levi's ad, and, and yeah, you know. yeah, <laughs> holy cow! Yeah, I noticed the red tag. Hello. It is a Levi's ad. <laughs> Original five hundred ones. Not, not, not to like objectify, but nice. I'm butt. objectifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! I had to like pause and fan myself i should have gotten out the spray bottle like the golden girls trip <laughs> also that dark blue t-shirt suits me so much better than the white one oh, yeah i do like the dark yeah i agree it's a real good look and uh the the other real good look is i love i just think this is such a good such a good ending because Kurt gets on the plane. We see him annoying everyone else by listening to his radio. (laughs) He looks out the window and he sees the T-Bird driving along. And then you just get that perfect little Richard Dreyfuss like, 
the wistful mm. smile again. Yes! Yeah, the same look that he had when he sat in the car by the telephone, looking back at the diner, like the same nostalgic look. Ah, oh, yeah, was those were good times. Oh, she's still driving along. I'm off to my le- new life. Yeah, it's like she's sending him off. Mm-hmm. Like a little wave up there. I also kind of like how casual everything is compared yeah. to our times and mm-hmm. what you have to do to get on a plane today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he literally just like runs in the fencing and is like, okay, I got all my books and my radio. <laughs> Yeah, it, that's what's fun about watching movies. I mean, I, I always think of like Home Alone as well. Mm. Oh, yeah, like we have 43 minutes until the plane takes off. Will we make it yet? Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, yeah. I, if you if you don't think of Chuck Berry's Run, Run, Rudolph whenever you've had to run in an airport, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I love anytime. I remember the first time I got to like walk upstairs to an airplane. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Huh. <laughs> I've never got to do that before. I think I've only had like actually getting up those stairs into an airplane, I think once. This is showing my bias of um, you, you got to do the small airplanes. Uh, so if you're flying, uh, we, well, we used to fly to, we used to fly from Boston, Massachusetts to Wilmington, North Carolina. And what they always did was fly you into Charlotte and then you would switch to a smaller plane to do the little last leg. And so that was a lot of like, sometimes there were props instead of jet engines and And, a lot of like- you would get on straight on the runway then. Yeah, they would have you, like literally it was so weird because you would like walk downstairs instead of out the like uh, gangway and then you just like walk across and then the planes are always so small that your, even your perfectly sized rolling suitcases will not fit in these. So everything is gate checked. Like you could get a little tag and then they literally would have like a little roped off area where you put your suitcases and then you were watching them put them in the plane as you went up the stairs. Oh, this is... I, I'm trying to think back when, I think it was Corfu, which is also a teeny tiny airport. Mm-hmm. And um, But every other time I got on a plane was always through that gangway. Yeah. My dad has a really great picture of him next to, oh, I don't know where he was going, if this was Nantucket or what, but um, it was a connecting flight and they were literally in a plane where like there was no door between you and the pilot. It was like pilot, assistant, and then like four six seats and it was props and he has a picture of him next to the plane because he was like this is amazing this is the coolest thing ever and my mother was like that was the worst flight of my life and i hated every single moment (laughs) of it priorities (laughs) she's like this did not feel safe in any way (laughs) but yeah i've never gotten to like go up the stairs to a plane like this obviously it was always like a little smaller connecting flight I think you you need to be like president to get to do this. (laughs) They're they're the only ones left going up stairs that have been rolled to your your jet engine plane. So uh, if it's cool to talk about goodnight, sweetheart, goodnight, what I didn't realize until I was researching this is, um, so this is our our big send off. It's the end of the movie. This is playing. So the lyrics make sense. But also this was Shana Na's closing song on their variety show. 
So I, I, I you know, Shana's come up a few times talking about this movie. So it's an, another piece of DNA connection there. And again, the, the Spaniels, like so many of the, the Dua bands we've been listening to throughout this movie, they're a high school band, basically. They're a bunch of high school students who get together. Yeah. Out of Gary, Indiana. Yeah. Right by where my family was from. So, <laughs> yeah, they, they could have gone to a show. <laughs> <laughs> the big thing I saw about the Spandles, and this song is 1954, for those who are keeping track at home, is um they were, I, there were a lot of duet groups around this time. It's the mid 50s. It's a thing, or early mid 50s. And actually, even this song was covered by a lot of groups, like within a cluster of a few years. Yeah. But I think the Spaniels' claim to fame, if I was reading this correctly, is that they really sold the whole um, solo has their own microphone and then everyone else like groups around the second microphone, Mm. which if you've seen a video for any of these songs, like that's how they're arranged, basically. And what I love is that that lead singer was, uh, he has a normal name. His last name is Hudson, but he went by Pookie. (laughs) Pookie (laughs) Hudson. (laughs) Why does that remind me of, like, a Pokemon? I don't know. <laughs> Shout out to uh, guest Heidi Bennett's dog. <laughs> Aww, yay. I-, I follow a lot of Pookie's adventures on uh, social media. <laughs> Perfect. And I uh, see that it was in Three yeah. Men and a Baby as well. That would have definitely been the first time I heard this song. Yeah, me too. I <laughs> loved that movie. <laughs> I probably heard it here for the first time. I was really thrown off because I thought this was the like the same song as the 1930s like standard basically, but I guess it is considered a separate song. Like there's a Goodnight Sweetheart that like barbershop quartets were singing around the time of the Music Man. Speaking of Gary Indiana, and then there is then there is this song which is the doo-wop version from the 50s. And I guess, like, however legally you figure that out, they are separate songs. <laughs> they are not the same, which is which did throw me off because I was like, oh, it's it's not, you know, I thought we were going to talk about who originally wrote it and all that stuff. And I'm like, no, no, it's its its own thing. <laughs> and I like um, with this, I, I always like with kind of some of the doo-wop groups, you know, you have the good night, sweetheart, well, it's time to go. And then you have the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Like, the, I always love those background And of course, like so many of the songs, they kind of give a comment on what we're seeing on the screen. Mm -hmm. So nicely nostalgic, a little bit melancholic, but not overly uh, sweet, I guess. I'm just biased because it makes me sleepy. (laughs) And if I had been up all night... Instead of like looking out the window and seeing the T-bird and then wistfully smiling, you would have seen me like head back, mouth open, snoring. (laughs) If you you look closely at Kurt, you notice that he is stifling a little yawn there. So he is tired, which is why I think they didn't get any sleep. Well, and he had to pack. Well, maybe he was packed. I'm very biased. I did not pack for college until the night before. And I always have to remind myself that I'm the weirdo and most people were more organized than that. (laughs) That's how it is when we go on vacation places. If we go, like, I will be like, okay, here's my list. And like, I started packing and my husband's like, yeah, you know, it's getting close, getting close. You know, like, wait, you know, we're leaving, you know, tomorrow or day after. He's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, you got it yeah. covered. And he's just like, foom, 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 throwing <laughs> stuff in a suitcase. And I'm like, I mean, I, really? I probably pull out the suitcase and, and have it open and start putting stuff in like a week before. 
Yep, that's me too. <laughs> yeah, because I, I need to get this. I need to stock up on this. And if there's one thing I hate is doing everything last minute. Yeah. I will say I love making a list. I pack last minute, but I usually have a list that I have been like working on when I'm bored for like the past month. <laughs> Feels good to cross them off. I love a good list. That's a good time. But yeah, I definitely I was up until 3 a.m. the night before I left for college because I had not I had not packed. So how far away were you for college? Hour and a half. Uh, that that was probably the longest trip actually because. I went to a college that was in um, rural Connecticut. And so it was one road in from the highway, one road out. And so when everyone moved in, what was usually a 20 minute trip on that road, once you got off the exit, was over an hour. Wow. Maybe closer to two. I mean, we College sat and inched down that road all the way to the campus because it was thousands of people moving in like i think i think when i was at that campus 16,000 people lived on campus wow so wow this is yeah. also an experience i never had <laughs> <laughs> of course i went to college but our colleges don't work that way yeah um we do not have I mean, there's college accommodation for students, but it's not like you have to live on campus. It's mm -hmm. not mandatory. So not everyone moves there. And I never moved away from home. Yeah. I just commuted every day. Yeah. And a lot of colleges here, at least a lot of the smaller ones around here, um, it's like the first year sometimes they'll require you to live on campus. But then other years, it's like, well, you know, if you want to, if you find housing off campus or yeah, if you want to commute. But I, I certainly never had the experience that Kurt is having here of like going to another part of the country with like what I can carry. <laughs> but but he, like I said, like you said, he has his little wistful smile looking out the window and then the song ends. So that's the end of our segment today. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone have anything else for the airport? I'm sad to see the magic carpet go. I know. I'm sad to see John Milner's butt for the last... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I really... I've tried to be good this show. I've tried to be good. Well... But he strikes a pose. Come I on. had a couple of bleepable moments on this show, so um, we can talk butt as long as you like. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Well, I guess... Uh, so we'll we'll wrap up today and we'll reconvene tomorrow for uh, a little more time with the airplane. A very little more time, but I, I separated it mission. out. I was not... I was like, we cannot talk about what happens next in this movie and the airport. Come on. Like, that, no. that yeah. was its own thing. So, no. all right. Well, uh, do we really need to tell people that they can join us in the... Mel's listeners drive it on Facebook. Like we should, if though. We should. If, if they if they haven't if they haven't checked us out yet, this is your chance to kind of talk with us about the episodes before it's all in the past, and we're there all you go. nostalgic about it. Last chance. Last, last call. Chance. <laughs> the last dance. Um, all right. Before I start bringing us into a totally different era with closing songs, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Yeah, I'll see you then. Yeah. Bye. He's really fast, isn't he?